Hey everyone, welcome to Garage Talk. I'm here, Conrad Herrera. Let's go. And next to me, I'm Ted. It's time hey. to rock and roll. We're, uh, we're waiting go. on our guests to arrive. Hey, you hear that, man? You hear that? Who is that? That's like Ski Joe's pulling up. Ski Joe's here? Man. Hey, we're here with uh, Ski Joe, and, and uh, that is Eric Skeens. And Heisman Skeens. Hey, nice to meet you guys. You guys. Yeah, you guys look wonderful today. I uh, we also have a third member of Ski Joe. Yeah, the Joe would be for. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> that Jones. was that, we were going to get to that because I was going to ask since uh, you segued. Tell us about Ski Joe Racing uh, from conception to how many members you have. Um, and uh, who's on this four banger team? So uh, we kind of started it last year. It's just mm-hmm. a name. Mm-hmm. Um, my wife likes to say we're a drinking team with a racing problem, <laughs> and that's pretty much true um it's me ryan horn jeremy jones and obviously our wife's and his girlfriend and then my son uh it's pretty much what it is it started last year with jeremy jones had a the number four banger it's a four-cylinder race car that he was letting heisman drive and then uh you know this year heisman's moved up to a street stock at montpelier that irving turner owns and i'm also building a new four-cylinder that should have been done a long time ago but uh it's still a work in progress hopefully the next couple weeks it'll be ready to race oh nice nice uh how how do you guys uh how'd you guys you know get into this particular motorsport um i've always liked racing we have a phenomenal dirt track in our backyard i've went there for many many years (laughs) um but as far as me getting involved with it it's because heisman wanted to drive a race car um just like anybody else, usually whatever your kids want to do, somehow you get roped into doing it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he gets all the glory as the race car driver. Uh-huh. I get to work on all the stuff and pay for most of the stuff. So <laughs> it's kind of a very narrow two-way street. So it sounds like a uh, usual father-son. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> okay. Well, so if Heisman wants to drive a race car, he obviously likes to go fast, which that was something that in high school you were very fast. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess how it all how it all really started for me is, uh, I guess we were, obviously we have Gas City Speedway, so we'd go. I'd go there when I was a kid, and I always thought that was awesome. And then, as soon as COVID hit, you know, we started seeing all the motorsports go to the i racing, and uh, I was like, I think that'd be pretty sick to have. And Dad was like, Well, look look up uh, look up how much it is, and see if we can get it. And we ended up, and we spent some money and got an i racing thing, and I got somewhat pretty good at that and he said we yeah <laughs> yeah him him yeah. well his mother too it's not yeah. Just, oh, yeah, yeah yeah mother too but yeah basically i got pretty good at that and he uh jeremy jones had that car and asked if i'd be interested in driving it and said yeah i mean i'd love to and that's i guess how it all <laughs> downward spiral from there <laughs> yeah I, I was i was wondering you know because i remember a long time ago talking to you about uh, physical fitness, and you told me how how many uh, beats per minute you know you, your heart rate is. What's it like before you get in that car? Um, honestly, it's not too bad. Before, I guess it's out out there going on a little pace lap where it starts to pick up, and mm-hmm. before you start, I guess putting the hammer down, putting the hammer yeah, down. That's when it starts ramping up and then i guess once you're in it you really don't think about it too much you just think about not crashing 
I, I don't know how you do it because I get on 69 and I'm cussing the entire time because somebody's left their turn signal on. Yeah, well, good thing with the race cars, there's no yeah. turn signal. No turn. No. So no right turns. You only go left. <laughs> only left. <laughs> only left. No headlights. No oh, lights. Man. Nothing. Yeah, I'd probably be in trouble. I can barely drive a golf cart, Ted. <laughs> I've seen that. How about? So you started the i racing. What were some of your best finishes in that? I mean, I I guess you know there's a bunch of different races. You know, I've won. I've won a bunch of races on iRacing, and obviously I've seen a lot of people, some of the pros, you know, I watch on YouTube or on social media say it's, you know, relatively pretty close to real thing, other than obviously not feeling the power of a car, and I was like, well, I mean, I'm doing pretty well in this. If it's pretty close to real thing, I think I'd do pretty well in a car, but... Explain you know. explain a little bit what iRacing is. Yeah, iRacing is just like a, uh, you know, simulator for all things that are on four wheels, I guess, and you have bunch of different rally cars you can race nascars you got the dirt cars mm-hmm. obviously i stick close to the dirt stuff but it's basically just a worldwide simulator that anyone can hop on with and i guess experience what it feels like to be a I mean, race car it's driver. a first person racing game mm-hmm. and it is elaborate as using your keyboard to steer or a fifty thousand dollar simulator that moves with the car what and, and you play the same game they have so, wraparound screens i mean it's which one do you have? I, I won't disclose that. <laughs> my, my wife's probably listening. No, it's nowhere near $50,000. We have a racing seat, pedals, steering wheel. Okay. It's a real seat, like for a race car. Okay. No, it's nowhere near the, the top end. The top but end? It's better than a keyboard on a computer. For sure. so, so, so you did this too, then? No, no, I can't drive nothing. No, racing, <laughs> I can't even turn a lap on that game. I mean, it's really that hard. Really? Um, it, you, it looks easy. You go watch a race to slide around a corner on dirt. I mean, yeah. next time it snows, you'll go around the turn out there by Brookhaven at 70. Okay. And try to keep it on the road. I mean, it's really like that. It's it's wow. very, very difficult, and it's something that you just have to have or you don't. I mean, that's I have been begged to drive the cars these guys have and that I have, and I have no desire to do it. I'm sure I'd be awful at it. <laughs> Man, I, I just I don't know. I I can't imagine being within inches behind anybody and not blasting on the horn. Yeah. No horns. No horns? <laughs> well, you got a front bumper. That's what we call the horn. Oh, okay. Hurry up and go. Get out of the way or get the horn. So you trade paint? <laughs> I don't. Oh, you trade paint? I've got, yeah, a car in my, I got a car in my side yard that said he did last night. So oh, yeah. There's a, there's, a, there's a bunch of dents and some paint rubbed off of it. But, you know. Some dents? A couple. Couple, not my fault ever. You know, never, (laughs) never my fault. Okay, okay. So, Eric, I'm assuming a lot of your time when you're not doing backyard builder is probably the majority of your time is working on cars. About 100 percent of my time has been well, not 99.9 percent of my time um, mowing the yard or working on cars. Um, Especially since we've built a new car, so. When, when we built, well, this is the first car I've ever built. So it starts out as a Chevy Cavalier, and everything gets taken off of it. Yeah. And it gets a roll cage put in it, and then I did all the wiring. It's a different motor than the car comes with. It went from an automatic to a manual. I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds of hours to go out and race a car and win $140. <laughs> wow. <laughs> For $140. So I'm just going to guess 
that is in the tank of gas for you guys. No, no. So, I mean, it, racing, you can get into racing cheap, and the four-cylinder class is the cheapest way, but there's a difference between race car drivers. Do you enjoy going out there and driving your race car, or do you want to go out there and win? You can go out there and drive a race car for a $2,500 car, 300 bucks for a Friday night yeah. to win 140 or you can go out there to win and drive a, a fifteen dollars to $20,000 car with a $40,000 truck and a $20,000 trailer to get there to win 140. Really? That's just the difference between what, and there's not one racer better than another. Some people just go out there and like turning laps and they're happy. I mean, if we're not first, I have to figure out a way to get better. I've never, never done anything in my life for second place and it's not going to start with racing. That's awesome. I, I'm going to say that's, that's a, a true statement. A true statement. I've, I've seen this guy, uh, uh, be the best person to advise you on what stain to put on your deck. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, he will study up on, on pretty much anything. Sure. So, you know, just just for, you know, our listeners who aren't race fans, that go-go juice, it's not, it's not 87 octane, is it? Um, in some of the stock four-cylinders it is. Okay. Um, like the $2,500 car that just likes to turn laps. Yeah. Um, you know, if you've got a fairly stock motor in a four-cylinder, you could 93. Um, but typically, you're running 110. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're running alcohol in a lot of the sprint cars. Um, you're running E85. Um, but yeah, usually with a higher compression motor, you have to have a better fuel or it doesn't work. So ethanol. P.S. So. A lot of people run E85. Okay. But... Yeah, it's, uh, you know, 110's 11 bucks a gallon, so when you see 440 for your car, it's not too bad. It's pretty bad to me. <laughs> I just put $85 in D's Acadian. When I tell her about it when I get home, she's going to be pretty right. mad. Right. And that's, an, that's another thing about racing. You know, like, like last night, you know, we drove to Montpelier, so you load everything up, you haul a trailer over there, you pay 30 bucks a person to get in, even the driver's. And you sit there and watch it rain and hope that, that the rain stops. Uh, local, you know, luckily, we had a great track promoter that said, hey, just hang tight. Let's wait it out. And you know, the beginning of the race, the track was sloppy, but it turned out to be a very fast racetrack. And, and we were the only ones in central Indiana racing. So you know, there's, up, there's that factor of it, too. You know, it's the only sport that you can get geared up for, ready to go, and then they cancel your game. Because of rain, you know, it, or, or baseball, similar, but and no refund. Well, you get a get no, it, it, you get a band in for the next race, but okay, yeah, you don't get all that time that you spent trying to get to that track, get your car ready. Um, you know, there's just a lot of variables. Racing, and I've only been involved with this for two years. Is the most up and down thing that I've ever been involved with. I mean, the highest of highs when you win, and when you see your car getting pushed back to the pits, spewing fluid out of the bottom of the motor for the sixth time in one year, the lowest of the low. So, I mean, it's, uh, but it's exciting, and that's why people do it. Do you help push it back? Sometimes, yeah, I help steer. Uh, I got to steer. He's typically standing there swearing about how big of a piece of junk the car is as it's crossed. Uh, It's usually what he's doing. Is it? You know, you know, the majority of the time, no, it's not. You know, there's yeah. just yeah. There's all kinds of factors. It's tough breaks. Yeah, you know? all kinds of different factors. I mean, even last night, I mean, I've only ran two races this season, and I've gotten a first and a third, and I was very upset with a third, which is, you know, it's, it's a good running night, but, I mean, I, I knew what I could have done, and 
I don't know, just third is just very upsetting. I mean, the car we have is really fast. It's just, I don't know. That's that competitive edge, you know, first and thirds of, you know, a good two races for most people, but I mean. I mean, it's, it is, a, it's, it's a sport. I mean, you see guys that are 55 years old driving these cars. It's because they're chasing that, that victory, that adrenaline, that, you know, to me, that, like he's saying, be, you can be competitive at 55 in a race car. Not many other things you can do at that age and be competitive no. with an 18-year-old kid. Right, so. right. So now, are you guys dirt only? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Any aspirations to go to asphalt? I mean, it, obviously, I'm going to do whatever he wants to do. You know, that's the only reason I'm doing pretty much any of this. If he said tomorrow I don't want to race, I probably would. I would probably go still go to the track, and I got a lot of friends there that I would still help out, but I wouldn't be involved as as I am. Right. If he next year says, "Dad, I want to try asphalt," I guarantee I'm going to learn how to set up an asphalt car. Right. And there we go. Okay. I'm hoping that doesn't happen. But, but <laughs> no, no, I'm pretty. You know, most of my time, even on the iRacing, or even as a kid, you know, I have, haven't haven't went to a lot of asphalt tracks. So, you know, all my experience is dirt, watching dirt, obviously driving dirt. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's what I enjoy something doing. Something else I'd like to touch on is, like, you know, there's a lot of racing families. I mean, I'm not talking NASCAR. I'm talking, like, the local dirt tracks. You know, their dads raced, their uncles raced. You know, we're kind of going, coming into this with, I never raced anything. I don't have a dad that ever raced anything. I don't have buddies for the most part. I mean... But you pull up in that pit, and you need something from anybody next to you, guaranteed they're going to help you. Really? You need a wrench. You need a socket. Hey, I need a tire. I mean, the second was the second race you ever raced in Plymouth. He kids, uh, the axle. Kid spun out, and he mm-hmm. trashes the right front of our car. We didn't even have an axle, control arm. I'm like, I think I can fix this if we can get the parts. Wandered around the pits, came back with an axle, and put it in our car and ran it. I mean, it's a $100 part. Just here you go. I mean, it's, wow. that's just typically... Unless there's bad blood between you and one individual, but the, for the most part, the racing community—they're they're very helpful. Um, not ver- not many other places somebody just hand you a hundred dollar piece and not even care, just so you could go out there and race. I mean, it's, it's something very awesome to be a part of. It's kind of like Ricky Bobby. <laughs> Remember they gave him that new paint scheme and yep. the parts they needed to race the next yeah. day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that that atmosphere sounds like uh, sounds like something that you know I, I could see you guys into and and I I mean what uh, the night before the night before a race what's that prep day you know what's that prep day night look like and uh, going into that day that morning um, you know typically for us in the past because we've had some very very bad luck with just parts and cars and you know, at the end of the day, the class that we raced in the majority of the time, you're taking a four-cylinder Cavalier and, and making it do things it was never designed to do. I mean, you're running it at 7,200 RPMs for, you know, 15 minutes straight. Stuff breaks. You know, when you move up to a bigger, better class and you're running a race-built engine, race-built rear ends, racing parts, it, you, you tend not to break that many things. But, you know, it, the majority of the time, our night before is usually trying to get our car back together. I mean, we work on it. There was many, many weeks last year we worked on it from Monday to Thursday night, and you go out and you run half a race and something breaks, and you start looking for parts on Monday. And um, Now, there is times that if you don't have stuff to work on, we don't load up the cars, usually get our stuff together till the day of. Yeah. Um, but uh, most of the time, it, for us, it's been just trying to get things back together. And, uh, you know, if there's ever a point where we have – 
consistent finishes and things not break. There'd be a lot of maintenance and looking things over, but uh, for the most part, you know, it's a lot of work. A lot of work. What's in that cooler? What Snack cooler? packs. No cooler. No beverages. No drinks. No. No, you can't. No have sandwiches. Alcohol. You can't have alcohol. I don't mean right. alcohol. I didn't know if you're drinking <laughs> no, Pepsi or Mountain there's, Dew. There's or, uh, Gatorades, okay. waters. Uh, just pretty much yeah. Snack packs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now you guys talked a little bit ago about pushing the car back to a pit. You guys have your own pit crew. Well, our pit crew is Ski Joe Racing. Okay. Our pit crew is me, Jeremy Jones, Ryan Horn. Um, you know, the girls keep the trailer together. Uh, you know, they pack the coolers. Karen Jones is excellent at doing that. She's, Jeremy Jones has raced many, many years ago out of high school. He raced for a long time. Uh, I've known him since high school. Uh, and then just recently he bought a, a four-cylinder car, thought maybe he'd get back into racing it. And he does race it. Uh, he raced it uh, Friday and Saturday night, and then Heisman ran the street stock, but um, I, that is pretty much our pit crew. Um, you know, we uh, parked next to some good guys, and James Headley's a, a lot of help. Um, you know, he, he's his son also. You know, if you need somebody or they see you struggling with something or you need a jack, you, you just kind of know the process of what you need to fix, and everybody throws in a helping hand. But uh, for the most part, it's me and Jeremy and, and Ryan. Okay. And Heisman, he's, he's learning. You know, he's just not been around many cars. Uh, you know, I had a job as a service manager for almost 19 years, right. 18 years. So I know a lot about cars. Uh, he he doesn't, but he definitely helps as much as he can. And, you know, and there's some drivers that don't touch anything. You know, you get out of the right. car and you go sit somewhere and everybody else figures it out. Um, but, you know, at our level of racing, you're not going to get very far acting. You're doing that. You know, you really need to be a, a, a helping member of the team because yep. it's just your dad and his buddies most of the time. Right, or, right. or some people, just you and your buddies. Right. Uh, maybe not even your parents not involved. But, yeah, at our level of racing, the majority of the people that drive at you know, Gas City, Montpelier, you're going to see them working on their car. Now, Heisman, you're a full-time college student as well, right? Yeah, so that, I mean... That kind of makes me a part-time race car driver, too. You know, we get to – I run the majority of the season, but obviously school kicks back up early August. So I miss about a month, month and a half. Plus, you know, playing football is every Saturday. So right. that kind of rules out Friday, Saturday races. And if we have to travel, we leave on Thursday or Friday. So then that rules out Friday races. So, yeah, I mean, I, I usually get about half, half the season, three-fourths done, and then I miss about – you know, a month, last two months of the season, which kind of sucks in terms of, I guess, points and if I was going for, like, a track championship or something. Right. But, I mean, yeah, just getting seat time and the amount of races I can run, you know, it's, makes it worth it. And it, you know, really hurts when we don't finish races because right. I don't, really don't have that many. But, yeah. So is that something that you're looking towards is getting points and eventually getting to that level to where you're in the top you know, when you do finish, you're in the top three. Yeah, you know, when I, when I do race, you know, I like to finish, obviously, make mm-hmm. sure nothing breaks. I mean, obviously, me being as competitive as possible, like I said, the third place sucks, but, you know, points are still there. So points, as in, in my head, don't mean a whole lot because yeah. at the end of the day, I would have to win every single race I ran to yeah. even be in the top at the end of the season because I missed the last half of the season. Yeah. So points, not really. I guess it's just getting... Can you, you know, kind of break down and explain to some of our listeners who don't, that aren't race fans, how points work? Yeah, so points is just, you know, 
I guess exactly how you finish, and it goes builds up each week. So you know, week one, if you win, we'll say you get forty points, and then second, third place, it trickles down. You know, thirty four, thirty, and then each race, you know, stacks yeah, on top. Yeah. So if you win again, you'll have eighty points. And at the end of the year, you know, first place gets the track championship. You get your I mean, a trophy, a picture up at the track. What's that pay? Typically, what you'll see in with points, it's consistency. Okay, you'll have a like the track champion in the Horns class last year at Montpelier. I don't think won a single race, but they finished top five or six every single race. Okay, you know if you have a car that DNS does not finish, that's a last place. So it, you know, you get a cup two last places. It's going to take six first places to keep up with somebody that got fourth place every race. Yeah, uh, and you also have to be at all the races. Like he said, you know, last year he went back on October. August 6th, we raced until October 30th. So for him being in school, there's a zero chance of track championships, even a possibility. Um, wow. Just because you're not there half the races. <clears throat> yeah. um, you know, especially like the spring we've had. We've already missed three three races of the 11 he could race um, just because of going back to school. But, you know, racing something that will always be there later, I mean, you got to go back to school. That's you got to do. That's just the way it is, yeah. you know. How much of that do you have left, man? I only got a year left. Only got of, a year of this school. Of yeah, this and school, hopefully about three or four more at law school afterwards. Great, see me after the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's, go ahead, great. that's great, though. You got a plan. You know what he knows yeah. what he wants, and that's that's awesome. I mean, that's you guys are great, great people. I mean, thanks. I tell you a story because. Your dad, when he was little, used to live two houses down from me on, on D Street. I can remember him. I, can, I was uh, thinking of that the other day, Moen. Like, I've known Conrad since, what, sixth grade? Yeah. And I, th- I thought about it for a second. I thought, well, I've actually known Ted longer than yeah. I've known Conrad. <laughs> he used to come down to our backyard and play wiffle ball with yep. Rocky. Yep. yep. Years but, ago. I was bigger than your dad back then. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a little bit bigger than everybody now. And I was bigger than Eric in sixth grade. So. <laughs> And speaking of that, now, Eric, how many sports did you play in high school? Um, in high school, I played, believe it or not, I didn't play any sports until I was a sophomore. Uh, and I played basketball. I didn't play football until I was a junior. So I played basketball, sophomore, junior, senior. I played baseball my sophomore year. Um, quit for reasons I won't disclose on this podcast. <laughs> um, and then my junior, senior year, I played football. So, okay. Uh, Two and a quarter sports, for the most part, in high school. All right. Then let's go to Heisman. Yeah, high I, I, all through high school, I played pretty consistently three in football, basketball, and track. I took a year off from basketball my sophomore year, but picked it back up when I was a junior. But, yeah, for the most part, football, basketball, track took up a lot of time. Now, all right, let me, let me, let me throw some stats out here at you. Now, this is a couple years old, but, you know, you used to have the – the record for a 200 meter at the high school. I don't know if you still do or not. I know there's that Nelson kid's pretty yeah, quick. Yeah, I've went to a couple track meets since I graduated. He's pretty quick, so if if he doesn't have it yet, it'll it'll be broken pretty soon. But you know, I had you as number one in the 200 meter, the four by 400. You were number one. You had at one time you were number two in the long jump, and then IHSAA you were number 18 career scoring. In football, yeah. Luckily, we had a we had a pretty good team all throughout high school. So I didn't didn't play a lot of third and fourth quarters. I can only assume if I did, it would have been a little more. But but you, know. but you played 
three different positions, three different years, right? Yeah, I mean, it was really about whatever the team needed, I guess. I mean, we were pretty – my freshman year, we were pretty still eye formation, run heavy, and then sophomore year, we started spreading out a little bit, so I played tailback a lot. Uh, and then junior year, we really spread it out, so they threw me at wide receiver, and then we went to a basically a triple option my senior year, so I had to play quarterback. But honestly, I mean, our offense changed every single year and kind of adapted to the players we had, so I mean, that really helped out a lot. Switching positions really wasn't hard. Really wasn't right. hard to do. Well, not not when you're an athlete like that. But, but <laughs> yeah. So, but that can kind of transfer into racing, right? Something's always changing. Yeah, that's yeah. You got to act on the fly for sure. I mean, just like in a football game, you know, you see some things you didn't prepare for. Same thing with racing. You know, stuff breaks or you know, certain race track doesn't turn out how you think it's going to turn out. So you have to race a completely different race. So I mean, I mean, I guess that. I mean, that prepared me in. I guess some reaction time, right. kind of doing things on the fly. I mean, same thing with the whole Ski Joe team. If something breaks in a heat race and we have a chance to get it fixed, you know, we have to get it fixed within 15, 20, 25 minutes to get it back out there for the, you know, feature race. But, yeah, I mean, helps you adapt to things on the fly for sure. So it's a, racing is a team sport as well. Yeah, well, 100%. Yeah, definitely. 100%. Okay. The way I see it, I mean, I see you guys in your pictures and and it's – Usually your pit crew and 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 the driver and I, I think that's pretty cool. But you know, it, it, going back all the way back through, like he's pretty selfless. You know, you, mm-hmm. he he does whatever the team needs mm-hmm. uh, for the betterment of the team. I think that's really cool, and and I think that's something that's uh, getting kind of lost as times going by because everybody's specializing in different things. Um, but you know uh, that's really amazing. What's some of the what's some of your uh, favorite classes to watch in, in racing? Uh, I think personally, my favorite are sprint cars. I just love uh, always on the edge. You know, open wheel racing is completely different, completely different thing than you know what I'm running. And I don't know. I guess I'm a adrenaline junkie. So I think dudes that get into sprint cars are just just out of control, just nuts, just have something different mm-hmm. with them that click. And it's just always very good racing, I think. So it's just a lot of very excitement to watch. Eric? Uh, I like sprint cars. Um, I just like the speed and, and knowing, you know, being around racing, knowing how difficult it is to drive that car like that. Yeah. Just the amount of respect you have for somebody that goes out there and just hangs it out and, yeah, you know, it's it, that. That's my f- favorite to watch. Yeah. The most exciting for me to watch a lot of times is four cylinders because you've got guys that have no business out there driving anything. <laughs> with guys that know how to drive. It gets chippy sometimes. It gets pretty aggressive sometimes. It's you know, it's uh, it's very entertaining to watch the four cylinders. Okay. And typically, the four cylinders will have like well, last night we had twenty eight four cylinders at the race, and his class had what eleven. Mm-hmm. So they are the, the most are out there, and you get twenty of those guys out there at one time racing. There's always something funny is going to happen. Wow, that's a half mile track. No, quarter miles all the way around. With, yeah. with 28 20 cars, cars on, twenty, 20 cars, cars, twenty cars. Yeah. Whew. So Montpelier is what I call a big quarter mile because it's got banking. It's a little faster in Gas City than Gas City is a quarter mile. Montpelier has a pretty good Pizza King. Not to get <laughs> off subject. Really. They've got a pretty fire pizza king. <laughs> Let's not start talking about food right now. <laughs> uh, so there's a roughly about 30 
30 dirt oval tracks in Indiana. How many of those have you raced? Um, we've been, last year we went down to Lincoln Park. Uh, Montpelier and Gas City is pretty much what we race. Yes. So living where we live, we are blessed with two phenomenal dirt tracks within, you know, four miles to Gas City, 15 mm-hmm. miles to Montpelier. Um, you know, yesterday watching the Facebook page for Montpelier with the rain, there's people driving from Michigan. I mean, there's people, if you come out here and watch a sprint car race, a big sprint car race mm-hmm. at Gas City, there's people from California, Louisiana, wow. Maryland. I mean, it's a very, very well-known dirt track, and we're very blessed to have it right here in our backyard. Um, so we don't really travel that much because we don't have to. Um, you know, most races are Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. We do a Friday, Saturday within 15 miles of our house. I mean, you really can't ask for anything better than that. Right. You really can't. Yeah. Now, Tony Stewart's been out here at Gas City, yeah. right? Yeah, there's been a lot of drivers out at Gas City, for sure. A lot of famous drivers. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I, I'll tell you right now, I grew up next to train tracks. I can sleep through anything. <laughs> and I find those races soothing. Sorry, we got the garage door open. <laughs> <laughs> I find those races kind of soothing. I like sitting outside and hearing them. Have you ever been out there to a race? Uh, I've been to uh, Anderson Speedway. I've never been out to Chad, Gas City. Chad, have you been out to Gas City ever? Nope, but we're going to start going when you guys are out there. Definitely. I, no doubt. I definitely. You get a pit pass, come out oh, to the yeah. pits, hang out. Right. Hey, cool. let yeah, a garage talk come out there. Absolutely. We'd love to interview at interview and, and, guys after yeah. this. And if this goes a little farther with racing, I could get you with some real race car drivers, not just us two clowns. <laughs> I've been doing this for years and drive really badass cars. Oh, man. Um, if, you, if it goes that way ever again. I mean, you, you've got a couple of rookies on to talk racing, and I appreciate that, but yeah. there's a lot well, a lot better crews, well, cars, you, and drivers than us. I, I, Eric, you've known me for a long time. I'm I scheming, have. man. I'm starting with you well, two, and I've got door. some other people that <laughs> I'm... in that door. <laughs> See, and, and that's like, like he's saying, you know, we could get in out there like that because yeah. I've got my wife's brother's her brother and her brothers-in-law, they go out there all the time, and they tailgate. I mean, it, it's drinking. They, it they do stinking crab legs and everything. And I challenge even anybody listening to this podcast, go out there and watch a race. And, it, and there is some tailgating and partying, but there's kids out there. There's actually a playground inside the track. Is there really? Um, and, it, and you take a kid out there. So we get kids that walk up to us driving a, a four-cylinder car wanting us to sign their checkered flags. Really? I mean, it's very, very entertaining. I mean, you don't have to know anything about racing. It's right? very entertaining and exciting. And, it, and it, if you don't buy a pit pass, it doesn't have to be expensive. Right. Yep. I've heard that. And it's, it's like Conrad said, you know, I can sit in my backyard here yeah. on the weekend. It's just the way. Yeah. So it's. It's super soothing, man. I, I uh. I, I I really look forward to coming out there, man. So yeah, definitely it's a blast. Uh, hook Just it let up, me know dude. Whenever. I'll get you both in. <laughs> thank you, thank whenever. you. So uh, I know this season's early. Last season, give me some of your highs that you've had, and, and well, let's start off with this. Give us some lows, and then give us. You know, you want the lows of last season? Yeah. How long is this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> so, <I> mean, <laughs> um, the lows of the low were um, we probably ran a total of 30 races last year in the four cylinder we had last year. 
and we put six motors in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, two transmissions. Costing uh, how much a motor? Uh, my wife is listening again. We're not going <laughs> to <Okay. about> that. <laughs> Way too much. Yeah, you'd have to win about five races to buy one. Okay. <laughs> okay. But no, and, and, and so th- we race the very, very low end of things, and it is ex- astronomically expensive. You take like a sprint car that's $100,000, even some modifieds yeah. are $100,000, and wad that thing up at a race. Mm. I mean, you talk about sickening. Huh? But, you know, so our lows are low, but they're not as low as some race car drivers. Um, but the highs, so that's one of those things that's just like any sport. You know, the highs outweigh it. You're always chasing that next high, yeah. that next win, that next, you know, like uh, you know, him wrecking it at, uh, where was that? Which, t- which time? Plymouth. It was yeah. just me and Ryan Horn there. So I'm like, yeah, I think we can fix this. We bolt that thing back together, and he gets third place. Um, <laughs> it's, well, it's, that was your second race ever, I think. Mm-hmm. So that was a high. Uh, he yeah. won his first race ever last year, so that was a high. All right. Um, but uh, and even the lows, it, it does not feel good when your car is broke, and you, because you know how much work's going into it. But I mean, you're still at a racetrack, hanging out with friends. Yeah, overcoming uh, adversity and looking yeah. at the positives. Of I things. mean, it's it's still yeah. I still do it. You know, even as bad as the lows are, it's not. Yeah, it's not the end of the world. It's still yeah. fun. Yeah, for the most part. Sounds like a blast. I know. It's. I, I, you guys I, want to buy a race car? I might have one. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I wanted to bring this. The first, you know, a lot of people ask me, well, what's your advice for getting into racing? My mm. first thing I would tell you is if you have a full-time job, go get two more full-time jobs. Oh, man. And then start thinking about racing. I mean, it is just astronomically expensive, even at the bottom level. And, and then all the energy to, to, to put those expensive parts on the car. Um, it's not something that anybody does for money. I, I mean, I don't care what you see on TV. Uh, you, you, you lose money every time you go race a car. You do it because you like racing. You like being competitive. Yeah. Uh, it's not for the money at all. It is yeah. a very expensive hobby. I thought you golf can't. was, and I don't even <laughs> golf. <laughs> yeah, I thought golf was too, but you know, one uh, round of golf is the uh, the price to get your driver into the race. <laughs> Thirty bucks. Well, uh, you know, I've always heard that saying. You know, you can't take it with you, but a hundred thousand dollars. It's hard to say that. It, I mean, well, I guess if you got them, and you know, racing, yeah. there's sponsors involved. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Heisman will let you guys know who our sponsors are. You know, they're, they're all local sponsors. Um, you know, Brandon Rocks helped us out a lot. The poorhouse this year, excellent. You know, and without sponsors, I mean, they don't pay for your race car. They don't. They help. You know, right, they are. But, right. But you can't do it without them. You know, no yeah. matter what, it's tough to do with one pocketbook. You know, mm-hmm. and that's kind of like our ski Joe race teams is kind of a joke. It's not a joke, but you know, it's kind of like me and Jeremy Jones. It's kind of like our money, Ryan's money. Um, yeah. You know, it's sponsors money. So it, when when we say it's a race team, you know, it, it's more than a team. It's more kind of like a family. I mean, we we share expenses. We share you know a, a lot of the the working on the cars and. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you could, definitely can't do it without sponsors. I mean, I guess you can if you you, you have a lot of money, which. None of us do, but uh, the sponsors definitely help a bunch. We love locally owned businesses. Well, yeah, that's yeah. like you said. You guys are close to your tracks. Yeah, you got a lot of local people that help. Which uh, that was going to be one of my questions was, 
you guys give a shout out to your sponsors real quick. Who you got? Yeah, no problem. You know, we got LC Contractors, as he talks about. You know, that James Headley. Headley's helped us out a ton. Uh, you got Duddings Heating and Cooling. Well, obviously, Irvin Turner owns my car, but, you know, Irv's Car Shack helps out a ton. You know, you got the Ruoff with Sky Stevens helped us out this year a ton. Yeah. Which that was huge, you know, R and R transmission and as he said, Brandon Rock helped us out a ton this year. And then obviously you got Backyard Builder <laughs> who pumps a little Back. money pump into it, but yeah. Yard backyard builder. builder. <laughs> yeah, but no, I mean it's you know, like he said, it's very it's very hard to do without some help. And you know, we've obviously got a bunch of local helps, which is obviously awesome. I would yeah. rather go local than far fetched. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Pearsons. Oh, Pearsons. Yeah. 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 Pat helped us last year yeah. and this year. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's been on board Helps for two years. Scott Staggs with Staggs Flooring has helped okay. us. Yeah, that's sweet. Um, and Jonesy's Lawn Care. Jonesy's Lawn that, Care. Yeah. Old Jonesy's got his lawn care on there. Well, I'll tell you what, Backyard Builders has is, is really um, helped me out. And I, and I was going to say, you know, I've got a bone to pick with you, man. Uh, the deck is so great, D's on me every day about opening this pool. Well, that's a good problem to have. Well, yeah, it is. Uh, but I, I, <laughs> I, I don't know why you wouldn't have it already open. Well, out, the, right? this, well, I don't have time between Savannah's, Savannah's uh, softball and, and uh, Jersey, and, and now I got concrete I got to break up still. I thought but, you had two weeks to do that. Yeah. It's it's got extended. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that's just like you know, but but you guys do a lot of stuff too for the community. Oh yeah, as backyard builders. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. guys do a lot. So yeah, yeah. So, tell us something about what you guys do. I mean, I I don't think I do anything that anybody else wouldn't do. Um, you know, I'm from here, and any help mm-hmm. I can give to, you know, give back a little bit. You know, like especially you sports. Yeah. You know, I look back and as being a young child uh, that just had a mom, not a dad. You know, youth sports really raised me. Um, you yeah. know, it really did. So for me to see you know, youth sports when Conrad was on the board and, and Kelly Smith ran the softball and the, and the girls needed new dugouts, you know, I volunteered the labor. They paid for the materials. We put some windows in. You know, those kind of things to me, it doesn't seem like giving back because I think you should do that. That's what makes your community your community. Mm-hmm. Um, same with you know commissioners and and all the all the moving parts of a youth sports organization, um, you know. But yeah, any time that I can give back, and to me, labor is not really giving back. I mean, it's it's not costing you much, but um, yeah. you know, to be able to help the town that you grew up in and that you owe a lot to, it's not really giving back to me. I just feel like it's something you should do. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I totally agree. Now, uh, now just. Throw a little bit out there about what all you guys do at Backyard Builder. Um, as far as my business, uh, we typically do um, fencing, decks. Um, that's pretty much our bread and butter. We do privacy fences, vinyl fences, chain link fences. Um, you know, kind of started out as something that I've always done. I've always built things, and I enjoy doing that. I never really thought that I could make a living doing that. Um, and then uh, a couple years ago, I just started a Facebook page and realized that there was a need for that kind of work. Um, and then uh, just recently made it my full-time business um, you know, and uh, have a couple guys that work for me and have worked for me for a long, you know, several years. Uh, but fences and decks is pretty much what we enjoy doing. Now, we've done some porches and, I mean, I've built stairs for a lady down the road from my house. I mean, I do a lot of odds and ends things when I have time, but 
Um, you know, this year we've really, really gotten very, very busy, and we're trying to limit um, you know our, our jobs to fences and decks. And and I think the more you specialize, the better you are at something. So right, right. I'm trying to make that my bread and butter and be the best that we can be at doing you know those two things. Well, well I, I I'll I'll say this right now. I think that this man could probably. Uh, be successful at dirtworm farming. Uh, I, I, mean, I mean, I guarantee that he, he, he overnight he could tell you how many different species of worms and what would be best for your grass. Yeah. Overnight, he's one of those guys. Yeah, so definitely, definitely an, uh, a well-rounded individual. Well, well, yeah. Anything else? Like, yeah. you know, if you're going to do something, you need to do it to 100% of your ability. Put in mm-hmm. the most effort that you can possibly put in. You know, I coached a lot of youth sports when I was younger, and I've been around a lot of sports. And every play, every down, every second was the end of the world for me when I played sports. It, there was no time mm-hmm. off. And you deal with people, you know, that they're okay with just taking plays off, taking games off. And that turns into taking days off of work and not being successful. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, if you're going to put the time into doing something, why not do it to the best of your ability? I mean, that, that's just the way I've always thought, and, and I, I don't see – I can't even comprehend seeing it any other way. And, and that's true. I mean, that, that's like we, we try to tell these kids that's coming up in the youth leagues now. So, and you're not always going to like your coach or your teammates. You're not going to like your boss. You're not going to like people you work with. It's life. You've got to accept it now. And yeah, at the end of the day, uh, my – Best coaches, I hated when I played for him. You know, not hate, hate is not the right word. Adrian Ritchie, very, very hard, but phenomenal coach. Oh, yeah. Vince Lorenzano, very, very hard. You know, you don't like him a lot of times, but when looking back, it was for the best of us. Right. You know, yep. You, you're not my friend. You're not my buddy. You're my coach. You're my leader. It's the same thing with jobs. You know, you're not going to like most of your bosses, but they're usually, usually it's in your best interest to do what they're asking true, you to do. True, true. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. There's no uh, doubt about it. Do Do you think uh, as uh, each generation goes on, things are changing? You know, uh, I find as we're getting older, it's changing faster and faster and faster. Do you think these coaches are becoming friends? A hundred percent. You have to. You almost have to because you can't grab a kid by his jersey mm. and tell him what he needs to be told. Yeah. You know, you can't do that anymore. You can't. The world just doesn't allow you to discipline and educate the way that we were educated and disciplined. Yeah. You know? I don't call it discipline anymore. Well, it's, Correction. You know, it, with social media <laughs> and phones, and not that video and yeah. any of it's bad, but I mean, I guarantee you I've been told things by coaches in my life that most parents wouldn't want to hear them say to your child, but mm-hmm. that's what I, I needed I, to I hear. I remember something. That's what right. I needed yeah. to right. hear. At yeah. the end of yep. the day, that's what I needed to hear. But I also had a coach my freshman year, Don Daly. Who never said anything but positive things, and I, I don't ever think he called me Conrad, called me Herrera, but I mean he was an awesome guy, and I I I, I wonder where we've lost things because, and I you know people I've had some people say th- their opinion is well specialized sports and travel and this and that has taken away from. Uh, rec league kids coming out. I don't think that's what's taken away. Probably. No, I, I, I 100% agree. Technology 
<clears throat> lazy parents have taken away from recreational sports. Mm-hmm. Period. I, I, I have a nickname for it. <clears throat> What's that? LPN. Lazy parenting. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I don't want to take Johnny to practice. Well, yeah. I don't want to argue with Johnny because he doesn't want to play baseball. Well, you know what? Parents of my day said, you're playing baseball because that's my break from you. I'm dropping you <laughs> off at practice. <laughs> dropping you off for an hour and a yeah, half yeah. out of my house. Um, you know, I remember coaching sixth grade football here in Gas City and – you know, I have my first practice, and there's parents migrating from the parking lot with lawn chairs down to the football field. And I'm like, what, no, what, is, what, is, what are these people doing? Why aren't you leaving? Why are you here watching? So I got our practice lined up, and as soon as everybody got in their lawn chairs, I relocated our practice to the other end of the field. <laughs> and we did that for probably 40 minutes. And parents were just walking back and forth. Yeah. Just, I'm going to do this until they just go back to the car. But, uh, yeah, yeah, so that was the very beginning of me realizing things are just a lot different than the way I grew up. Yeah. I don't necessarily know they're, it's bad or good. I mean, I, I got an opinion yeah. on it, but, you, you know, time yeah. will tell. But uh, things are definitely different in sports, in life in general. You know, it's just, oh, just yeah. the way it is. Well, uh, man, I, I closed practices. I I call them closed practices, and I was commi- I got to be commissioner over girls basketball one year, and I closed practices because what I noticed is, you know, you saying that what I noticed, and I don't know if Ted noticed, but when parents were at practice, uh, little Bobby or little Sally wasn't paying attention to the coach; they kept looking over. And eventually looking over turned into running over and standing by mom and dad and not, you know, because I was all for me in my head. I thought, hey, here's what we're going to do, because we're not just teaching sports here. We're teaching character building, socialization and just learning how to be a good person. And if they're running back and forth to mom and dad. They're missing out on that. Sure. I agree with that 100%. Ted? Well, yeah. They they need Mom, I need a bottle of water. And a, a lot of parents look at closed practices as, what are you doing to my child? They, Why yeah. can't I watch? Mm-hmm. That's not what it is. It's to get their full attention. It's mm-hmm. to get them to socialize and deal with adversity on their own with teammates, mm-hmm. bonding. Nobody's yelling yeah. at Johnny because you're not there. I promise. Yeah. You know, it's just to get their full attention. Uh, and kids always act different around their parents. Some, sometimes nope. better, sometimes worse. worse. Right, right. Yeah. You know, but you know, that's why you have a close practice. But I think a lot of parents think that, well, what are you doing in there? Why can't we watch? It's not that at all. It's to get your kid fully engaged. Yes. Period. What right. I reminded him is this school is loaded down with cameras. So nothing's happened right. to these mm-hmm. kids. Sure. Nothing. And that's, that's what too many parents worry about. Yep. You know, he's... There going to be something said that shouldn't be said or somebody touched or... Well, you know, that's what the screening process is about. But, you know, the you're not going to always have, you know, you can't control some things that shoot out of your mouth. True. And sometimes you do have coaches that are smoking cigarettes at practice <laughs> and, or, or have a handgun out... <laughs> Well, maybe yeah. not to those extremes, yeah. but you know, even when I was a commissioner of youth football, I never get off the topic of racing yeah. and Heisman. Yeah. I don't even know if he's still here. But no, he took <laughs> off. He sped away. But you know, when I was a 
commissioner of sixth grade football, you know, mm. you begged and clawed for coaches. I mean, I remember calling guys saying, okay, we're going to have two teams of 60 unless you guys coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you don't get enough volunteering. And, and, you, and what all, I always killed me is the guys that said they didn't want to coach, but I want to help, ended up coaching the team more than the coach that was the coach. Right. Why don't you just coach the team? Uh-huh. Uh, you know, it, it's a struggle. So, unfortunately, in youth sports especially, you get stuck with whoever says they want to coach. Uh-huh. So you know, you have a lot of parents that are angry that you know hey what, you know I don't like this coach I don't like that well then you should coach it's pretty simple you should be coaching if you don't like it yeah um, but you just don't I, I remember having 121 kids last year as a sixth grade football coach and I had two coaches signed up two out of 120 parents now a lot of them maybe don't have dads I get that right but I had to literally call people that I know personally like hey man you have to coach your son's going to play the same team every Saturday and there's going to be mm-hmm. 39 people on each team yeah. and, it, and, it, and that's been what five or six years ago since yeah. I've done that and you're looking at the numbers looking at you sports in our community it has to be going downhill still since I was there um, I don't know that for a fact because I'm not involved but um, it's just tough. I mean, nobody wants to do it. No, yeah. It, it it was always a difficult uh, obstacle to overcome when uh, getting coaches to or parents to step up. We had a lot of, um, well, I've never coached football before. We call it warm body syndrome. Sure. Just somebody to be there. Right. So, I mean – and that's the same parent a lot of times. So I've never coached football before. Then why are you talking to me about football? Why are you talking to me about why your kid isn't playing or why I did that? You've never done it. You don't know. Uh, and that was one of the good things about when parents would watch practice. That was always my go-to. When Why isn't Timmy playing? You're at practice, right? You see Timmy at practice? Timmy's over picking dandelions when the whole other team's over here playing. I can't focus on Timmy 100% of the time, but that's some of the reason Timmy isn't playing all the time. Dad as a coach. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was – obviously, I guess I never had that problem because he coached me in yeah, but I mean, everything. I mean, he, I mean, your thoughts on your dad as a coach now looking back? It, uh, I mean, I think for at least my sixth grade year when he was coaching sixth grade, you know, I guess that kind of prepared me for every other coach because he wasn't – I mean, he wasn't, like, soft about it, but he also wasn't grilling kids to the point of their quitting. Yeah. I mean, he disciplined them and, I mean, told us what we needed to be told. So, kind of prepared us for the next level, honestly. Well, I mean, he, early he's age. that way as a friend. <laughs> yeah. <So. laughs> but, yeah, uh, I mean, w- would you, like, I, I know this is jumping way ahead. When you're, when you're, you know, having kids and it's time for you to coach, are you, you know – taking notes from what you've gotten from him i'd say i'm taking some notes maybe not everything (laughs) he's done but yeah i mean yeah he was a you know he he was a good coach growing up i mean he was still a good coach after i left and you know he still continues to coach me even now and i'm just (laughs) turned 21 he's still one of my biggest coaches sweet sweet all right let's go let me ask you a question here who's your favorite race car driver where's dirt track NASCAR, whatever. Um, I don't know. I guess the one I uh, I like Chris Windham a lot. I mean, he's one of. Them, I mean, I've talked to him at the track before. You know, I mean, he's a real cool dude. Awesome race car driver. 
you know, drives for NOS. So he's, I mean, he's had a lot of years into it, and that's somebody I look up to as a as a young young driver, I suppose, only being okay. in my second year in the yeah. sport. Good. Eric, what about you? Well, I'm a little biased, but Heisman's my favorite race car. Well. <laughs> I like Kyle Larson. Okay. Um, I, I like watching him battle adversity, and he's still one of the baddest men on the plane on, and on dirt driving anything. See, that's – I always like Tony Stewart because he, he, he didn't care what he said, what he did. And, and that's the way I was raised. I'm a little guy, you know, so I had to be – you, know, you got to be a dick sometimes and – <laughs> sometimes sometimes uh you know what man uh i'm gonna say richard petty okay. uh, i'm a i'm an old guy so i i, I can't pull I, off i'm almost cow- certain that's probably the only race car driver name you know <laughs> <laughs> What number said, was he? <laughs> what number was he? Thirteen? Uh, no. No? No? Okay. Well, that yeah, that's the only race car driver name I know. But you know why? I love the hat. I, 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 I could never, ever pull off a cowboy hat, but that dude did. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I think he was 42, wasn't he? 42? I think. Yeah. I don't watch. Uh, I didn't watch a lot of NASCAR. I don't STP. Know. I knew he raced King. for STP. So, uh, yeah. So take that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, going back uh, to racing and youth sports, is there a youth program for racing? Well, I, there's obviously nothing ran by a community uh, that yeah, I know yeah, of yeah. because of the expense. The intri- the but there are four-year-old kids that drive go-karts. Really? Race go-karts. Okay. Um, in, in, in my experience, a lot of NASCAR kids, a lot of uh, you, you know the younger NASCAR generation, mm-hmm. that's where they you know cut their teeth is go-karts, and then you just kind of move up from there. You know, And that's something with Heisman getting in the game so late at 21. 21 to join racing is late. You know, there's kids that are, are 14, 15 driving sprint cars, which is, you know, the upper echelon of dirt track racing. I mean, he's getting in the game very late, but to have the success he's had at, so quickly, um, you know, I think it's just something for his ability to do anything well. I mean, any sport, anything, you know, just some kids have it, some kids don't. I think he could play chess well. Just right out of the gate. That's that's not enough movement. He's not moving enough. Is it too He's slow for you? It's just too slow. I don't slow. like the pace. I don't like the pace, but I, I still haven't picked it up yet. I've got a lot of kids I live with that play chess and play chess pretty well, but I'm not one of them. How about, how about female drivers? Is there any female drivers at the tracks you guys go to? Yeah. Yep. Is there? Uh, the majority of the time, the female drivers tend to be in the lower classes because it's beginning. Um there was a female in the street stocks last night. Mm-hmm. Um, the ratio is not not you know anywhere close to half and half, but you know, usually any given night at Montpelier Gas Day, there's two or three female drivers. Okay, usually, and I, and I think a lot of them, especially the Hornet class, their dads drove race cars, and you, you maybe they don't have sons and they got a daughter and they want yep. still want her to race. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, there's, I mean, it's 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 a non gender specific sport mm. i guess everything is nowadays <laughs> but anyway uh, i don't yeah. think gender is a subject we should talk about <laughs> no, right no. Now. but no it, you know, yeah. fe- there's female drivers that are 
just as good. And, and a lot of times racing, it's about the equipment you have. I mean, you could put Tony Stewart in, in a $2,500 Hornet. He's not winning a Hornet race. Really? Uh, no, no. I mean, it's, there's, just, there's just not. I mean, there's an old theory in racing that the man with the most money wins. Um, it's not always the truth, but uh, you can win with, with less equipment than somebody else. But, I mean, it, if you don't have the best of the best, it, it's tough to compete. I mean, it's tough to be in the top five if you wow. don't have the best of the best. Sounds like a rough sport to be in. I mean, <laughs> you think, you know, just natural. In the wallet, I, yeah. I think that's, <laughs> you know, the natural ability is taken out of it. Well, it's not, not a little not 100%. bit. If you put two guys in the same cars, natural ability is going to win. Mm-hmm. You put Tony Stewart in a car that has 68 horsepower and you put Heisman in a car that has 400 horsepower. He's okay. probably not winning. Uh, yeah. okay. You can hold to the floor all you want. It's not going to win. Um, you know, that's what I mean by the best equipment. And it's not always motor that's the best equipment. I mean, there is shocks that are the best equipment, the tires, setup. Setup's huge. I mean, yeah. you, you, most people in your audience, I'm assuming, don't know a whole lot about racing. No, I don't know a whole I lot don't. about racing either. But it's either. not just getting a car and drive it. I mean, there's tire pressures by 0.2 PSI differences. Mm-hmm. There's camber adjustments. There's rear end gearing adjustments. Um, I mean, there's a lot that goes into setting up a car. There's soft tires, hard tires, rough shocks, smooth shocks. I mean, it, and and you gain that by experience. You ever get in the zone to where like you're driving and everything slowed down? Um, honestly, not really. Everything or is that? Everything speeds oh, it don't up. Slow down. I'm about to say. I mean, like the Marshall Falk thing, where well, yeah, like, like he's basketball, like, you get in the yeah. zone, the big yeah. the hoop looks this big, yeah. Right? I mean, racing. I don't. I don't know. But, uh, I mean, I guess it. You I mean, you can get into it, yeah. You get into a nice little rhythm, and it kind of gets more comfortable. You're not really fighting it a ton, which I guess that could be considered, you know, slowing down and getting in the zone. But mm-hmm. honestly, that takes a couple laps to get going. You have to maneuver your way through some people, and then once you, you know, start hitting your marks every single lap, you kind of get more comfortable. And yeah. and that's st- some things that like <laughs> most people don't know. Also, is you go to a basketball court, that goal is always 10 foot. You go to a football field, that field's always 100 yards. You go to a racetrack and you race in a heat race, you might have a rut here, a rut there, a big bump into one, and they work on the track a little or don't work on the track a little. And you go out there for your feature race, which is the main race, that rut's not there anymore. Or there's another huge bump on the Damn. line you were just running. So you mm-hmm. not only have to adapt to the track, the car, people around you i mean it's it's a lot to figure out wow that that's an analogy i didn't even think yeah. of uh the, the ruts in a track yeah. or a bump yeah so everything in life <laughs> it, it sounds like life sounds like life but bumps. how fast are you going i'm unaware no speedometer in the thing <laughs> oh. just have some water pressure oil pressure and some lights to go off if those are wrong. Life without a speedometer. I'd probably say, you know, the front stretch in a four-cylinder, you might be hitting, touching 65, 62, and in a street stock, maybe 75. Okay. Um, some sprint cars are probably closer to 100. See. In a quarter mile, sideways the whole time. So, when do you find time to look at your gauges? You don't. Uh, you don't. I got, <laughs> I got lights. Got a bunch of lights that come on if something's wrong. Okay. So, 
Well, but, it's, and it's right in my face, too. So, so you ready to go back to Dad? To, hey, this is... <laughs> oh, there's no radios. Oh, really? <laughs> so you guys can't talk to each other. Uh, it's illegal. Nope. They have a one-way radio where the track can talk to you. You have to have a one-way radio so they can communicate with you. Okay. But, yeah, there's no conversation back and forth. Yeah. If, like the, our, our cars, the Hornets, if one of those lights come on, you shut it off and okay. get towed off the track because it's bad. I mean, okay. it's already bad, but it could be a lot worse if you keep driving. <laughs> okay. Um, what are you thinking when you're like, let's say you're three laps in. What, what are you thinking? How to get to the front if I'm not already there. Okay, then what? <laughs> Just keep it as smooth as possible to stay at the front. You're not waving at your dad on the way? No. <laughs> no. Everything's uh you can't really see anything once oh, you're flying right. past it. You can't oh, see okay. anything. Right. You can see a little flag above you the flag guy waving flags that's about the only thing you can see aside from other cars so you're just white knuckling the steering wheel and uh I'm not as bad as i used to <laughs> really? la- last season i would pretty much white knuckle because i didn't know really what yeah. to expect or what i was doing but yeah. you know this year i think if i mean i've only got two races on my belt but i'm a lot more comfortable and confident than i was so i'm pretty Smooth and relaxed the majority of the time. It's, it's just seat time. You have to trust going into a corner at 75 miles an hour. When you turn that wheel and try to put that car where it's supposed to go, it goes there. I mean, it's pretty unnerving. I mean, I've never driven, but to be you know, holding it to the floor at 70 and there is a 90-degree left turn right in front of you to oh, not panic, freak out, you know, to just hold to it to the wall and steer it. Right. It's, it takes wow. a different type of person to be able to do that. And you're that person. Uh, towards the end of the night, I was. In, in, in the beginning, I, I mean, it was real wet and sloppy. So, I, if I would have, if I went in there and done what I did towards the end of the night, I probably would have. I mean, I, I stayed away from going as high yeah. as I did because it was just real slick, and I just I didn't think I could do it. And then towards the end of the night, I hit it a couple times, and it fear was gone, and I did it every lap. Nice. So what? What about? Safety features. You guys have to. Is there certain requirements for safety features? Um, there are your helmet, and your goggles. Or? Um, there are. There's there's requirements, and that's another thing you can touch on about racing that people might not know. So there's rules to every class. There's a bunch of different classes, and to make to muddy the waters even more, a street stock at Gas City is not a street stock at Montpelier, and it's not a street stock at Kokomo. They all have their own little niches that make it not a street stock. Um, and same with tracks. Some some tracks require more safety than others. Um, you know, when I first started watching racing, there was always a tech man that would walk around and make sure your stuff was what it was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. They don't really do that much anymore. They just trust that it's what it's supposed to be. I mean, you obviously have to have a roll cage. You have to have harnesses. Um, you know, have to have fire suit, uh, fireproof shoes, gloves. Um, but... There, you know, every every safety belt has an expiration date on it, a big tag. So, uh, you're, you should follow that. But I, don't, I have a feeling some people don't. And I've seen some people that use the term "roll cage" very loosely, <laughs> very loosely. Um, you know, but you, you know, like anything else, winning is great. But you don't ever want to cheap out on safety. Or I mean, yeah. our cars are safe. I wouldn't let him get in something that's not safe. Right. Oh, I know. You I mean, would. just to put it yeah. in perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a racing seat is eleven hundred dollars for an aluminum seat. Um, you know, but it's safety. It's mm. money well spent, and you know, at, at the end of the day, everybody wants to go home and be fine. The suit, the drip, 
Uh, we don't have no drip because we're uh-huh. cheap. He's uh-huh. got I mean, I mean, fire suit. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, you can get a $2,500, $3,000 fire suit with all your logos oh, on okay. it. But, I mean, we choose to spend our money somewhere else. It's a, it, it's a good quality fire suit that's going to protect you, but he don't need to have skeins across his back like he's playing football. <laughs> okay. See, he looks like he wants it, though. They look awesome. They look awesome. Look good. He was just telling me Friday night, look at that guy's helmet. I was like, yeah, that's great. Get back in the car. <laughs> See, because I was going to mention that, too. So yeah. it's not just mechanical, body work, things like that, but it's your your racing suit, your shoes, your gloves. Your yeah, tires, tires are a huge thing. I mean, we have to run DOT tires in both the cars that he runs. Mm-hmm. We cut one down last night, 150 bucks. There goes every dollar you just want in one tire. Oh, man. Um, and, and the Hoosiers are even you're twice as much as that, which are racing tires. Right. It's, like I said earlier, it, it, you do not get in this for money. I mean, you will yep. lose, 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 lose money, but it's not about the money. So do you call it a hobby? My wife calls it a very expensive hobby. <laughs> Again, we're a drinking team with a racing problem. <laughs> Okay, but well, it's for my it's for my kid. It's for her kid. She gets she enjoys going to the track. I mean, it's like anything else. If you can afford to do whatever for your children, that's what you'll do. Yeah, right. Yeah. right. I mean, to me, it's it's expensive, but can you really put a price on that? Okay, I, no. Okay, on this drinking team, who's your anchor? <laughs> me. <laughs> I'm batting cleanup. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. <laughs> You've always been the only one standing. Yeah, because I've seen Horn inebriated a few times. Uh, we are not going to tell any stories about me, Eric. No, no, no. we're not. Uh, and neither is Horn. Don't call in. Now I've heard Horn talk about some camping trips that we're. <laughs> We probably don't want to talk about. Yeah. yeah. Hey, but man, yeah, he has. He likes to have a good time. He's always there. I can always count on him. Yeah, yeah. I can, can always count yeah. on him helping. Yeah. Uh, he's also a very, very big part of my business. Yeah. Um, just a stand-up guy. All yeah, around. he is. Yeah. He, he's a great guy. He really is. He's that, that, very the whole interesting. Family, that whole family is. Yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. yeah, Logan works for me also, yep. which is part of his family. Yep. Logan's he's, a real nice guy. Yep. Real nice guy. And I'll tell you right now. He uh, used to have a podcast, him and his brother, Lamar. Yeah. Yep. The Orange Mailbox. Mailbox. Yep. yep. I, I, the way Logan tells it, he's still waiting on Lamar to edit the last video from a year ago. So, Lamar, if you hear this, that, that was her, that's that, what Logan said. That would have been the Herb McPherson interview. It was. Absolutely, it was. Because, <laughs> actually, I went, I went to Lamar about what equipment we needed to get. I tried to tell him, you guys don't edit anything. Just let it rip. And yeah. Logan said, that's what I want to do. <laughs> We want we want this to be raw. as authentic and raw. It's, it's four guys sitting in a garage talking. What do you um, do in a garage? On a uh, <laughs> wooden whatever you want to call this thing, but it's uh, Ted's made it uh, pretty user friendly. It's fancy for a garage. Do you yeah, think? I'm telling yeah. you, took the time to burn on it. It looks good. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if it's backyard builder quality, but it's probably, <laughs> probably not. Probably not. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, well, no, uh, it looks good. It, our next does, commercial is going to be job. like uh, <laughs> our desk is brought to you by backyard builder <laughs> oh, with a hidden drawer for 
for cooler purposes. But yeah, we uh, we appreciate you guys. Sure. Yeah, very Thank much. you for taking very the much. time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, you guys were fun. Heisman. Good luck the rest of the season. Yeah, well, hopefully nothing breaks. <laughs> As we go home and pull a head off a motor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, yeah. We'll they, get they, want to, they want to go home and get working. <laughs> yeah. so, but well, we, if you we, can't tell by what it would look like, I've hey. been working. But. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dude, right. you're 10, 365. Yeah. So. <laughs> so. Thank but, you. Yeah. I, <laughs> Damn, damn. We're, we're, let, let me do rapid fire real quick. All right. Oh, sorry, sorry. We'll, we'll yeah. start with Heisman. Then All we'll right. go right to Eric. I'm going to ask you some questions. You just give me whatever pops into your head. Sounds first. good. Okay. All right. What's your favorite sport to watch? Football, easily. Football. What's your favorite sport to play? It can be racing. No, I like football. Okay. Still football. like it. Okay. All right. Who's your favorite college team? Oregon Ducks. All the way. Carolina. North okay. Carolina. Professional team. New York Jets. Unfortunately, the New York Jets. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Jeez. Who's been the biggest influence in your life? Easily. Father. Okay. Uh, biggest influence in my life would obviously be my mom, for sure. Yep. Yep. She's a great lady. For sure. Great lady. Tough lady. Yeah. 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 Yep. She reminds me a lot of your grandma. Oh, and yeah. I definitely wasn't the one spitting in your grandma's sink. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I heard that in the other podcast. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember when I got home. Yeah, 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 I got, yeah, I got so. But she always let you get in my fridge. She did. She was a great woman. And yeah. he didn't have to ask, did he? Uh-uh. No, he But didn't. you did. Uh-uh. I did. Because <laughs> I was a respectful young man. I'm like him. <laughs> All right. Heisman, who's the best athlete you've ever seen? It could be from high school up to college. The best athlete, no matter what sport. Tom Brady. Okay. Got to be. Ugh. Best athlete? <laughs> okay. what, what do you define athlete? <laughs> if Somebody, you're a professional, he's going to be very good in that one area. <laughs> hey, step back, Ted. They're family. <laughs> uh, best athlete I've ever seen is him. Yep. You're right. pretty. Hey, you're the best athlete I ever held in my hands. <laughs> he probably said you're my baby. What's the as a baby? Healthy as a baby. As a baby. It's clear. Easy there. Did you ever change? PG 13. Yeah. You never change his diaper? No. I didn't want to hold him to begin with. Surprisingly, surprisingly, I meet a lot of people now I'm older that say they changed my diaper. I have no clue who they are. Well, well, I'm the one that said I refused. I didn't want I was nervous to hold you. Eric's like, hey, check this out. <laughs> How cool is this? I think it sounded, it probably went just like this. <laughs> now, I know you just turned 21, but your drink of choice beer, water, soda, tea. I drink, I, I drink, drink a lot of cherry Pepsi. Okay. My drink of choice is. Coors Light. <laughs> I think you and Conrad are related. Yeah. Not sure of the hesitation there. <laughs> I was thinking something real witty. We got some Heineken in there. It's been sitting in there. <laughs> All right, you're grilling out. You want a burger, a brat, or a hot dog? Burger. A burger. Okay. 
Rapid fire is closed. Okay. You got some sponsors? Yeah, I got some sponsors. I want to I want to thank Beast Prince. They always hook us up. And uh, beverages brought to you by... Onan Construction Group for all your exterior home improvement needs. Specializing in roofing, siding, and gutters. Get a professional, quality job done at a competitive price. For a free estimate, call Trevor at 765-661-0689 or go to mononconstructiongroup.com. You've tried the rest. Now call the best. Monon Construction Group, LLC. Thank you, everybody. Let's, uh, let's hey, thank let's, our guests again. Yeah, and, but we, we better shout out Backyard Builder, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're here tonight. Yeah, backyard I mean, Builder. Yes. Somehow I feel like I'm going to get... I'm going to be asked to pay for the sponsorship before I leave. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, no, we're, we're trying to eat you business. I'm just we're getting you business. Hey, I'm just kidding. That's just what like, you, what, Yes, we want your business. <laughs> that's, uh, that's like, you know, we'll throw in a gas city brewery. Yeah. Go up there and have a have a beverage there. Mm-hmm. You know, they got yeah. different kinds, and just be careful. <laughs> be safe. Be then, responsible. Then you, got, then you got our buddy Brad Bennett at Wedding 100 Get Junk. Yeah. You know, you can get something cleaned out. You know, call Brad. They'll go get it for you. They do a good job. All right, guys. We'll see you next right. time. Thank awesome. you. Thanks, Thanks guys. Guys. Appreciate it. Memories are just where you lay down. And the waters to the depths give up their dead What did you expect to find? Was it something you left behind? Don't you remember anything I said when I said Don't fall